Help us to hear your call to us, O Lord of love. Amen. I remember back when we lived in the DC area and the initial confusion I had with directions. Yes, I knew I needed to be on the beltway, but on the inner loop or the outer loop. Or I knew that I needed to get off at the Federal Triangle Metro stop, but was I going in the direction of Franconia Springfield or Largo Town Center? Now I picked it up pretty quickly, but there were a couple times where I went the wrong way because the direction was reversed. When it comes to our faith, we can also end up in the wrong place if we get the direction of things wrong. Put simply, is faith something that we choose or something that we are called and brought into? Now you might guess that based on scripture, our experience and the witness of the church, that faith is not something that we choose for ourselves from the smorgasbord of options. Rather, following Christ is something that we are called into. And this matters because the direction will determine the destination. If you don't know any better, you can go out and get on the interstate and drive for quite a long time and everything will seem like it's going right. There will be traffic. You will be moving along at a decent speed. You'll feel like you're getting somewhere. But if then you find out that you were going west when you should have been going east, well, you are that much further from the beach. And the same thing happens in our faith. If we think that faith is something that we choose, even if we attend church, even if we read scripture, even if we serve those in need, even if we are generous with our money, we can end up in the wrong place. We end up with a perversion of the faith that's about building ourselves up, making it seem like we have everything put together. We can end up with a faith that seems to be very strong until we encounter struggles. And then because we believe that we have chosen faith, we think that we can choose to leave faith when it no longer serves our needs or expectations. When we think that faith is a choice that we make, we get frustrated with others when they just seem to not get it when it comes to belief. If faith is a choice, we approach the church as a consumer, expecting to reap certain rewards and benefits from faith. When faith is a choice, it becomes possible for us to critique worship by saying, well, that didn't do anything for me, or I didn't get anything out of that. Instead of realizing we come not to feel better about ourselves, but rather we come to orient ourselves towards God Almighty. If we put ourselves in the driver's seat and make faith all about our actions and our choices, then we will likely end up going in the wrong direction. As our collect this morning says, we have all gone astray from God's ways. And so we all rely on God's mercy to bring us back. Instead of faith being a choice that we make, faith is something that we are brought into by the gracious and loving call of God. The example we have before us this morning is that of Abram, 
who later in Genesis is renamed Abraham. The story of Abram makes it clear. Faith was God's idea long before it was ours. Abram's family was fairly prominent and that they were a powerful one. He was not looking for his life to be upended. He was not in the market for a new homeland. He was not searching for a new religion to add meaning or purpose to his life. No, Abram was minding his own business when God called him. Go from your country to the land that I will show you. Can you imagine leaving behind everything to go to an undefined home based only on the word of God? You remember last Sunday, I talked about plausible deniability. Well, it would have been really easy for Abram to dismiss this and say, you know, I really need to get this ringing in my ear looked at. But Abram sensed something in these words. They were more than the sorts of words that you and I use. These were words spoken by the very same voice that said light. And creation responded by shining for the first time. These words were a summons from the one who created all things. And so Abram's response was not a choice. Rather, it was trust. St. Paul makes this clear in a passage in Romans 4 that can be a little bit tricky to, to understand. What St. Paul is saying is that Abram is not found righteous before God because he chose to listen to God's command. That would be Abram deserving the blessing that God bestowed on him. Rather, what makes Abram an example of faith is his openness and trust in God. And at this point, we do have to understand a little bit about the language that scripture uses, because words are something like a road. They take us certain directions, but sometimes it's the wrong one. In our world, when we say belief, essentially that means an idea or an opinion that we hold. And even that idiom of saying that belief is something that we hold it has a connotation that we are in charge. For us, beliefs are choices that we make in the marketplace of thoughts. But this is not at the heart of what belief is really all about or how the Bible speaks of belief. Consider John 3.16, which we heard read this morning. It might be the most well-known verse of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Now, if we understand belief to be an intellectual choice, then we've gotten onto the southbound ramp and we're supposed to be going north. Belief here does not mean if you think that Jesus was a historical human being, then you will be rewarded eternally. Sadly, though, that is how many people interpret that verse. The word believe is best understood by the cognate, beloved. Belief is about a relationship, not thought. Belief is about trust, fidelity, going in the direction of God's love. Eternal and abundant life is not a reward for making the right choice. It is the result 
of being in a relationship with the God who is love. This is the direction that Abram is open to by the call of God. Because along with the command, go from your country, is the implied, come with me. Abram is brought into a relationship with God through his call. Now, a relationship with God is not like a human relationship. The divine human relationship is not one of equals. God does not need anything out of us. Sometimes we talk about nurturing our relationship with God with prayer and charity, reading scripture. And those are all very good things to do. But if we think of our relationship with God as something like a garden, something that is up to us to tend and to care for, well, then we're going in the wrong direction. Because God is more like a fire, something that gives us light and warmth. And in this metaphor, it would be a self-sustaining fire. We don't have to feed it with wood or anything like that. All we have to do is draw near and receive the grace, mercy, and peace of God. This is what Abram does. He hears God's call, that God intends to bless the whole world through him, and he trusts that promise. Now, Abram didn't know where he was going. God did not give him the coordinates of this land to which he was going, because what matters is not the destination, but rather the going in a faithful direction. And this is a call that comes to each of us as well. Likewise, Moses was told to go. So was Ruth, Esther, Augustine, and Harriet Tubman. The disciples also followed the call to go as they followed Jesus. And we heard Jesus say, the wind blows where it chooses. And notice, we do not choose where the wind blows. And you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Beloved, the Spirit is blowing in our community. And God is calling to you. Now that call to go, it is not always or even often about geography. Often we are called to go to a place of repentance, to a place of generosity, to a place of re-examining our priorities. Sometimes the call to go is not about changing our home address. Rather, it's a call to go to Rowan Helping Ministries to serve, or volunteering with communities and schools, or coming to church on a regular and consistent basis to better be pointed in that direction of God's grace and love. I cannot answer the question for you with any specifics, but I can assure you the Spirit is moving in your life and God is drawing you closer to that flame of love. Our God is very talkative and is calling each of us. And so we might need to work on finding ways to quiet ourselves so that we can be better listeners and then having heard, we open ourselves to belief, to trusting that indeed, God has spoken to us. Trust, though, is a hard thing. 
Because even in the midst of our struggles, human beings are really good at making the best out of a situation. We can find equilibrium in all things and make anything comfortable. And so the call to go will pull us out of our assumptions, our comforts, our routines. And in order to help us with this and not put the burden of having a relationship on us, God has made the first move. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That is, God so loves us that God goes. God has come to us in Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we come and see the direction that God intends for us to go. The direction of humility, of forgiveness, of love. In Jesus, God gives us the relationship in order for us to enter into abundant and eternal life. We have the example of Jesus to follow. We are given his body and blood to nourish us on our journey. We have his spirit to strengthen and animate us. And to make it clear that there is no limit to God's love for us, Jesus not only tells us about this love, but he shows it with abundant grace. Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What Jesus is talking about here is a passage from Numbers about poisonous snakes entering the camp and biting the people. And God chooses to heal them, not by eliminating the snakes, not by giving them an anti-venom medicine, but God told Moses to get one of these snakes and put it on a stick and have the people look at it. And in looking, they would be healed. This is what the cross of Jesus is all about. We look upon the horrendousness of sin and the finality of death and we receive healing. It is by looking at Jesus, in being in a relationship with him, that we are set in the direction of the love that makes all things well.